Good morning and welcome to The Golden Life, brought to you by Asset Management Group. We have got the principal players of Asset Management Group yeah. here in studios. We've got Andrew Nida and Mo Param, and we are going to have a lot of fun with Kevin Carroll taking care of leadership Bartow activities. That gets me to be back here, talk about nostalgia. Every time I get a chance to fill in, I'm back to where uh, I was doing this many, many years ago with, That's a, it. with a different Nida. That's it. Andrew, good morning. Hey, man. How you doing? Doing great. Mo, good morning to you. Good morning. I like good that morning. intro. I know. No, not, not to feed him by his ego, but he said uh, the, principal, the principals. The principal play, <laughs> principal players. Yeah, I mean, well, is there anybody else? No, nah, that's <laughs> it, baby. Principal <laughs> players. Yeah, I like that. Like, when they come to that. you, they're talking to the the head honchos, the big chiefs. The, the principal players. The the grand, you know, the, the loyal order of no. water buffalo grand poobahs. I'll knock myself <laughs> off my little pedestal, principal players. Yeah, man. Doing good. Uh, and glad to be back with you. Happy I Friday. Agree. Absolutely. And the Friday before Thanksgiving, so if I oh, don't yeah. see you next week, uh, have a happy, happy, wonderful Thanksgiving. Oh. You too. You too. Yeah, we're heading out to uh, Raleigh on Wednesday morning. Really bright and early. Head to Raleigh, see my sister, my brother-in-law, my two nieces. So uh, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good trip. Yeah, it's going to be a good trip. I think he's going because the alternative was to come to my house. So he's like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Raleigh. Uh, I see how it is. I see Andrew all the time. I'm going yeah, somewhere else. I'm going somewhere else. I'm leaving the state. <laughs> Uh, we got um, we have nieces and nephews coming over Wednesday night. Amy's already uh, prepping the nieces and nephews' uh, pajama wear. Oh, you know, I don't know. That's a woman thing, right? You got to get the get the shirts <laughs> made and now what, pajama wear for Thanksgiving, or they're planning for the for th- for Christmas. No, well, no, it's the PJ wear for Thanksgiving, and then we're doing a cousins trip. Okay, in uh, in late December, right before Christmas, up in the mountains. So, see, we had this discussion with Mike Garcia, who apparently doesn't believe in PJs or making family traditions, because one of the things my girls grew up with is we had the one thing they could open Christmas Eve was uh-huh. their Christmas pajamas. Ah, and okay. we would have themed pajamas, yes, you know, right. all the yeah. same yes. bottoms and then maybe maybe unique tops, but they'd all have a theme. Like we had one year a Grinch Christmas. We had one year like a, That's pretty I cool. think we're doing a Hogwarts Christmas, whatever. But we, everybody looks forward to that. Like even as adults, they Agreed. look forward yeah. to it. Agreed. Totally. And Mike Garcia's like, That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Come He's on. the Grinch. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. was robbed of tradition. He's maybe. like, I, I stopped wearing PJs when I was eight. And I'm like, Well, <laughs> <laughs> you can have Christmas PJs. Right. Yeah, you yeah. can have Christmas yeah. PJs. Oh, like, do man. you get up and wear full clothes for pictures? And he goes, no. I'm like, I don't want to see your pictures. <laughs> yeah, right. Not <laughs> at all. If you're not wearing PJs and you're not getting dressed, I don't need to see those photos. There's no in-between. There is no in-between. There is no, there is no in-between. Well, and like you know, with, with Amy's thought, like, she, all this is really just for one photo. <laughs> Right. right at the end of the day, she just wants one great photo of everybody and of all the their stuff. The fireplace, yeah. Front of the fireplace. But no, it's a ton of fun. Actually, we're talking about what games uh, we're going to be playing that night, all that good stuff. So it, it's always a ton of fun. It's going to be fun. Hot chocolate. Oh, man, we have all the works. You know, it's one thing awesome. I can tell I know we're not talking finance yet, but I think this will all roll into it. One of the things that we established with our girls early on, and it has grown to be the tradition, is it's not so much about what you get, it's about the quality of time you spend together. Yes. The, the game night. The family nights, right. the treasure hunts we put together where they have to find their final gift by going mm-hmm. on like an actual crusade through the house. The things that they did when they were little, oh. we still do to this day. Like okay. as grown I've, adults. I've never done the crusade. The, the, yeah. Like the, uh, the treasure hunt. Like National Treasure. You yeah. Ever see that? yeah. We, ever since they saw that movie, National Treasure, I did one kind of over the summer. I created one in the house. They thought it was the coolest thing. And so we decided their big Christmas gift, whatever their quote big gift is yeah. of that year, they have to go on a treasure hunt to That's find it. That's pretty cool. Find it. That's yes. pretty cool. It's not under the tree. What's <laughs> under the tree is the first clue. 
Oh, I'm oh, totally doing that. Totally like, do the last couple of years, they were like, because a couple of years they were like, it's a little. You made it a little too easy, and then a couple of years they were like, whoa, this was really too hard. Oh, so yeah. trying to strike that balance, but it took. Mm-hmm. It usually takes them about an hour to an hour and a half to find their final gift. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. legit. Jeez. In the last two years, because my oldest, our second oldest daughter, was like, you know what, you've done this for us for like 15 years. Every year you do this. Can we do one for you? My wife and I had a blast trying to do this, and I tried to figure out how to decipher the clues, the puzzles, yeah. whatever they put together, the ciphers. We went. It, wow. it goes crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> That's that is a tradition. Tradition. Yeah, the planning to take the, the uh, in order to do that. Yeah, you know, to come up with the clues and yeah. the hiding place. Oh, that's awesome. But, but listen, you're absolutely right. Like, that's what matters more than anything. Yeah. You know, we're, it's what we talk about all the time when we get together. Remember that time yes. you did this and yes. you did that? Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about, remember the beaded jeans I got that Christmas? Right. It's, no, it's remember when Nobody Sophie fell knows. in the puddle. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's awesome. Make it I'm do that. I'm totally do that. doing something like that. Yeah. Well, we were talking about um, this, this trip that we're wanting to do with the cousins, and you know, to be honest, we opened my mouth and I was like, this was back, uh, oh, at Halloween, we had some people, everybody at the house, and, and I was like, man, we should really do this trip. And then, and Mo, Mo knows this. Oh, sorry. There you go. Mo knows this. We, uh, <laughs> so I'm looking at the pricing and I'm like, gosh darn, these, you know, cabins, no matter how simple the cabin is or how nice the cabin is, it's expensive. Right. 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 Everything's but, expensive now. So, you know, I was talking, I was talking to Amy and I was like, God, you know, this trip is going to be a little bit more expensive than I had anticipated. And I said, you know, selfishly, I could be getting, uh, I need, I need some really new nice tires on my truck. <laughs> I want to get a leveling kit on my truck. But it was the same point. I, th- I thought, you know, but, but the reality is these are, what we're doing is just creating memories that will last absolutely forever. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, we got to do it because yeah. you don't know if you'll ever have that opportunity again. Everybody's growing up. Everybody's mm-hmm. got families. Everybody's mm-hmm. busy. You know, so there is this, um, you know, balance of life, and, and that we preach this too. Yeah, financially, yep. This but, balance of life where you gotta enjoy life. Yeah, yeah, and make those memories. I mean, those memories are, are priceless. And yes, you know, you're you're sacrificing, quote unquote, one thing over another. But you know, when you look back five, ten years down the road, you know, the time at the cabin, or you know, or that trip in general. Uh, it's it's gonna last. It's gonna leave a lasting impression on not just you and Amy, but on the kids themselves. You know, I'm thinking of two meetings that that we had this week. Uh, one with a lady in Birmingham, Alabama. She's been a great client of ours for years. Kind of a horrific story. Lost lost her spouse literally less than four weeks after retirement. Passed away from COVID. Um, oh. And and so it kind of rocked her world. Primary breadwinner. All this good stuff. But but because of the the situation of life, she you know. She's basically become, you know, almost a, a, a hermit in, in her own home, and she's got plenty of resources. And you know, the conversation really that me and Mo had with her this this, I mean, just a few days ago was, you know, don't don't you know refuse to do something that you really would like to do for your children, your grandchildren, because you're afraid to do it right. financially. We're telling you as your financial coach, go do, don't pass it up. What you don't want to do is wait another five years when you may not be able to do something physically and regret the fact that you didn't do it. Right. And that, that second time yesterday in Montgomery, Alabama, meeting with a client of mine, and literally the same situation, blessed with a pension, retired with the state of Alabama, and they're, they, they've done a good job. They're very simple life, not a ton of resources, but they're living their life day to day based off of their pension and Social Security. Well, they have these resources, and they've never taken a withdrawal in two years. And and I said, listen, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, what are you I, saving it for? Well, and that, I mean, at well, some point. So that's the question. That's the question I asked. I said, well, listen, here's you know, 
you're you're you've went through the transition phase. Now you've settled into this life in retirement. You know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. You've had no major unexpected hurdles financially. Mm -hmm. So the question that I have for you is, what is the money for? Yeah. What's it for? Yeah, it's a, it, it's 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 a big transition for some retirees because you know they've been saving with this and never you know hopefully never having to touch or withdraw these accounts. So mm -hmm. now when they get the opportunity to, they almost get a little nervous and scared to just you know if they break the glass, it's going to completely dera derail and rattle their entire retirement plan. Mm -hmm. And so with uh, the client that Andrew spoke about first, you know we, we challenged her and said you know next year we are going to which most advisors probably never do, but we're going to f almost force you to take money out. Mm -hmm. We're going to you know, keep you accountable. We're going to this even, even if it's up to us to connect you with a travel agent. Yeah, we, we, to, <laughs> we did. We to, talked uh, about it. Yeah, yeah, to make sure that that trip that you've been postponing is, is done. Mm -hmm. And trust me, you are going to appreciate. Your grandkids are going to appreciate. Your kids are going to appreciate it. You're going to appreciate it. And uh, we're going to make sure it happens. Yeah. I mean, we literally, she has referenced this trip that she'd love to do for like a few years now with her grandchildren. And just hasn't done it. And, and so, yeah, we said, we said, listen, if it's, if we don't have a plan by January, we're literally going to connect you with a travel <laughs> agent. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do it. So, you know, but it's just, you know, we're wanting to make sure that people are not just living a, a wise life financially, but right. that they're living a life. Right. You right. You know, Cause, uh, that's it. Yeah. Because in some aspects, it, it ties down a little bit to what we're talking about, a little bit of what we're talking about uh, this, this series about long term care. Right. We, we just never know when that's going to happen or if it's ever going to be needed. Right. But, you know, nowadays, you know, what's the average? I think around 65, 66, there's 20, 25 percent of people need long term care, even at that age. Uh, and so, you know, you save you save and save and wait for this this time frame at 60, 65 years old. And you never know how long that window is going to last. Right. Right. So you've got to take these opportunities uh, to make sure that you have those lasting, that you're living life and you're not letting life do, you know, right. not letting life, you know, pass you by. Yeah, no doubt about it. It can't happen, you know. So we, so, so actually we, I know you haven't been in the show with us, but we've been talking about this, uh, this whole aging American life. Like, what does it look like from a healthcare perspective? Um, and we talked about, you know, uh, at the very on, what is long-term care look like? What do those needs look like? Then we talked about aging in place is the first phase of what most people desire, especially in a married situation. You know, you want to stay with your spouse. You want to stay at your home, that type of thing. You want to age in place. What are things to be considering from mm -hmm. a, from a, even from a construction standpoint? You know, oh, yeah. how's your house laid out? Uh, then we transition to, you know, last week we talked a little bit about just signs to keep Keeping what if you're a caretaker? You mm -hmm. know, what if you're not the individual in need of care, but what if you're a caretaker? What should you be looking for, whether you have a family member that's close by or even a family member that lives, you know, 500 miles away? How do you build safeguards around that individual so that you are in the know of where they are uh, and, and if they've deteriorated, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever it may be? Um, and so the next step really is, is that when someone is in that position, now looking for care what are the different options that that one can consider yeah yeah you know most people think of okay if i need long-term care uh and if i go somewhere it's going to be a nursing home but there's more places than just a nursing home right there's things called what's called a board and care home and these are typically small private facilities uh, you know somewhere usually around 20 or fewer residents and they could be private or shared 
and they receive personal care like meals and the, the staff is available around the clock. Um, but in most cases, you know, this is a, a, a easier transition, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a small community. Mm-hmm. Um, you're getting that, that, that around the clock care. Uh, that's one, that's one, that's one option. Then there's those assisted living facilities. Now these could have anywhere between 25 and a hundred or more, um, residents, but the, the, the level of care is a little higher and it's just, sometimes you need extra services, especially care. Um, but they have 24 hour supervision, there's housekeeping, laundry, security on staff. And, uh, so that, that's a nice, you know, alternative than, you know, one of the worst case ones, which is the nursing home, right? right? And which is what, what people are trying to avoid. Well, the, the thing I've been noticing of late, and it seems like maybe it's just because uh, as we continue to evolve and as a civilization, we want to have more, maybe nicer things. We don't want to just put somebody in a home. Right. I'm seeing a lot more of the planned sort of retirement communities that start off with maybe on the outer edge of the assisted living mm-hmm. home. You've got 55 and older communities right. where they're taking care of things like the landscaping, the lawn care. So that way, in your golden years, while you're still active, you know, you're, you're in a subdivision of fellow seniors. You can still mm-hmm. go and travel. They're taking care of the lawn for you. That's some of the amenities. But then as you start to age further, there are, you know, places for memory care if that's necessary. Or like you said, maybe somewhat assisted. Maybe there's a dining hall where they're taking care of the meals now for you. And then it turns into 24-7 care. But it's sort of like staged approach. But it starts off as a, a, a planned almost community where you, as you age, mm-hmm. you can move further into that circle where you're inside the 24-7, you know, facility. It really, it really is kind of a brilliant concept. Yeah. And and I, I tend to like and favor that, that idea. The only challenge you have with that is they're just not conveniently located everywhere. No, that's something that's coming new. I mean, we've got one here in Cartersville, which is nice, but I am seeing more and more of that planning Mm -hmm. of like, because there are retired people who are like, well, I don't mind having like people around me in case I need help, but I want my own place. Yeah, right. And you see a lot of these places. I told you about my uncle who's getting 24 care because of the stroke. The whole area outside of the main home that's 24-7 are little cottages where they're still seniors, but they're like within a few minutes of somebody that's a, a professional, uh, nursing staff, doctors that can get to that cottage if they have an emergency, but they're still mostly independent and mobile. Mm-hmm. So they like the idea of having the independence of a home, but still being part of a community where help is within just minutes rather than an ambulance right away. Right. You know, Barry College has has um, developed oh, yeah. a very similar concept on their campus. It, so these are called uh, continuing care retirement communities. And, and to your point, Alan, these are facilities that, uh, you know, they also may be called life care communities, but they offer different level of services, but in the same location. Uh, you know, many of them offer independent housing, you know, for that first stage, then assisted living, and then skilled nursing care, which is going to be more similar to like a nursing home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it's all on one campus, health care services and recreation programs and, and everything that you need. And I think as a as an individual who who is a you know caretaker, you know, and we see this so often with the clients that we work with, you know, and that's one of the things you got to keep in mind is as you're aging, you're thinking about your retirement, but you really got to ask the question: Does my retirement also include me being responsible for any family members? Because mm-hmm. that can really derail your own plans. Oh yeah, we see it so often. Uh, f- retirees that that have these you know, goals of living this specific lifestyle in retirement. But unfortunately, and I say unfortunately, it's not unfortunately, but but the season of life coincides when they need to take care of a, a mother or father. And so, and that's what they end up doing. Yeah, it's that typical sandwich generation, right? Where they're 
they're sandwiched right in the middle, right? Taking care of the parent and uh, ahead of them, but also may have like kids that they need to take care of as Make well. Make sure they're getting up on their feet, and, and they're right smack in the middle. And the decision and choices of how to spread their finances become a little thin because you know, do I put myself, myself, my needs ahead of mom and dad? Mm-hmm. They'll put mom and dad's need instead of my kids. You know, like that's that's a very tough decision uh, that, that one sometimes has to make. Yeah. Well, I got to ask you guys this because we are watching in in the age of Bidenomics, we're seeing more and more adult children, if they're trying to figure out how to either save for a house or they realize they've overextended themselves, oh, moving man. back in with their primary, mm-hmm. with their parents at the same age that these parents are like, I'm getting ready to start, start thinking about taking care of my nice. parents. So you talk about mm-hmm. sandwich. It's not just sandwich in terms of it could be within the same household. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, what happens if mom needs to come back inside a house? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is typical. You know, my yeah. sister and I talking about that. You know, my, my mother lives in New York. I'm here in, in Georgia, obviously. My sister's in Raleigh and no one is there watching my mother. I mean, she's still, you know, active and and, uh, you know, has so wits about mm-hmm. her. But, you know, one of the things that's challenging when you're far away is, you know, the little things that you may not see. Right. Is right. she is she leaving the stove on? But mm-hmm. catching herself, right? But no one else is there watching, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Did she leave a candle on at night and then she blows blows it out in the morning? But she's not going to tell us about that, mm-hmm. right? Right? And you know, we share the same situation it, that Amy's grandmother. She already lives with us, you know. So financially, we support her in the sense that you know she lives at our house and she's able to do the things that she wants to do, that type of thing. Um, but but we also have three boys, you know, and as they you know develop and grow and, and become. Uh, men, I feel like some of them already are men at this point. But, um, you know, to your point, Alan, this whole concept that I've had my whole life with raising my children is, you know, this whole 18 and 90 concept of when you turn 18, you got 90 days to go to the military, <laughs> go to college or get a job. But you got to get out of my house. You know, the truth is, is I don't know how probable that is in the world that we live in today. I, I think, you know, because I was a very much of that same mindset. I'm like, OK, you're either going to college if you can't go to college, you're going to the and you're going to enroll, you're going to enlist. And if you're not going to enlist, then you're going to find a job and get your own place because mm-hmm. you need to learn self sufficiency. Right. And that worked great. And all of a sudden, here we are. Uh, you know, we've got two of our kids actually back home living with us short term, simply because they were spending so much on rent. Mm-hmm. They suddenly realized, I can't. We can't save for a house now. We suddenly want a house. You can forget it. They're yeah. like, we can't do it. And, and they're then they're professionals with no children yet. Yes. So they've got dual incomes. They're the, what do they call them? Dinks. Dual income. No kids. <laughs> Yeah, right. I've never heard that. Before. Never heard dinks. Yeah, no. dual income, no kids, okay. and um, still ca- and still barely making it. And they're like, well, yeah, they can pay their bills, but then there's nothing left over to save. save. It would take them 20 years to have enough to put down right. if they wanted to put 20 percent down on a house. Right. And like, well, you don't have to put 20. And like, well, we want to try to avoid the insurance and blah blah. blah. Like, I get that. And then all of a sudden, now you got mortgage rates climbing through the roof. Mm-hmm. Your home buying power has dropped 50 percent in the last mm-hmm. three years. Right. And that's just a reality that nobody saw coming three years ago. Mm-hmm. So here we are as parents. We're like. You know what? We you were self-sufficient. You could stay where you are, but mm-hmm. we also feel like we want you to get that house. Right. And if mm-hmm. you can come here for 6 months, 8 months, mm-hmm. 12 months, whatever, yeah. if we can work that out, but that means we've given up living space, we've given up storage space. We've had to you have to figure out how's that going to impact your life That's because right. we've given up an entire floor of our home, but given them the ability to have that entrance so they can have their like almost like it's their own apartment because right. you want them to feel like mm-hmm. they're not living back at home, right? Right. right. 
it's it's a weird dynamic. That is that is a tough dynamic. They better be paying rent. What do you think? You got to pay well, rent. There's no point in for us having them there if we want them to save for a house. I know that's a tough <laughs> one. That's a tough one, Alan. Yeah, uh, we we they, we've actually said are they making look, dinner. They're buying no. groceries. Or they're buying their own food. They take okay. care of their own food. They take care of their own <laughs> meal prep. It's it's an interest because I never thought myself of being the person that would say come back home. But it's not because they can't make it. It's because we want to see them do yeah. the next better productive I, thing. I think right. you're get the home, right get there. the asset. That's something that they'll have then for the rest of their lives, mm-hmm. which I think is a much better way to go than being stuck in the rental loop the rest of their lives. Right, right, right. I, I agree with you. I think it, it, if I'm in those shoes, and I, and once again, unless the economy changes, that's exactly where a lot of uh, families are going to find themselves at. It's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, you know, our my niece, most daughter, Jacqueline, has literally today's her last day. If you saw yeah, her post, post yeah. yeah, today's her last day as a student teacher. She's 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 done her due diligence. She's went through school. She's worked hard. She's worked multiple jobs. She's graduated, and now can get a job, and still yet she can't really start her life. Right. right. You know, and so. You know, I think probably if I had to guess ahead, my my mentality would be similar to yours. As long as you are doing things that are, you know, representing the goal that you say you have, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're not not paying rent and going to to Disney for two weeks. Right. 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 You know, as long as you're doing the right things, then I'm going to support that. Yeah. 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 But, that you know, I know that's not long term care, but this did circle around to the idea of like. Here, here we are as middle-aged adults talking about we, before my wife's uh, father passed away, yeah. we were trying to convince him, move down here, be closer. Even if you don't want to live with us, we could put you somewhere close by mm-hmm. where we could see you. But we were really talking about, and for time, when he would come down for five months at a time, if we were still doing that, I don't know how we would pull that off, having him there oh, five yeah. months while we've got our entire floor downstairs taken up with our two kids trying to build that net, that the uh, that. I guess investment nest egg that mm-hmm. they need for their home. Mm-hmm. That's something you have to think about. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's challenging. It, it it's a challenging hump. Since in some aspects could be humbling, but I think I think both scenarios, right, from your father-in-law and your daughters, it's more of like a an acceptance of be willing to ask for help or be <laughs> be willing to to you know be humble and say I need some help and some may not assistance. even have a choice. Yeah, and with you know with making long-term care decisions if the person who needs care can come to the point right yes i want my independence yes i need i love being able to be around friends and family but i just need help right i just need and that that awareness can make these conversations and these transitions much easier let me let me throw a, a, a coming at us sideways to help people with this one too because I know a lot of people want to take care of their older relatives. They're like, mm-hmm. well, that's my grandmother. That's my mom. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to love them more than anybody else. Having visited now some of these state of the art 24 seven communities, you have to be honest with yourself. If that, if that loved one has the ability to go to a place, they may be getting 10 times better care than you can give, even though you feel emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, d- part of that decision. or yeah. yeah i guess you have to, I, what i'm saying is you have to try to figure out how to balance your emotional decision mm-hmm. making versus the logical reasoned decision making what's the best option for my elderly family member versus what i want to do because it just makes me feel good well i will say speaking from you know speaking at the firm level of a company that works with with aging americans on a daily basis uh you know 300 plus households that, that we serve day in and day out throughout the country. And through that experience, what I will tell you 
is that Mo and I both, what we see is while someone is, is, is of the mental capacity to, to answer the question, do I want a child taking care of me? Like, I don't know if I've ever ran across anybody that says my hope is that my children take care of me physically. And so I think you're making a very good point. I think the, I think the point is, is I, when I envision, you know, my mother getting older, I want to the time I, that I want to spend with her is is time that I want to be able to spend with her mm-hmm. engaging in her, you know, and to be able to do that, you have to alleviate that that healthcare side of it right. to a professional, which means you have to plan for that financially. You yeah, have to, I think so. Yeah. You know, and, and that's an interesting point you make where, where the child almost feels a guilt. Well, I have to take care of my mom. You're probably right. Most parents are like, I don't want my child thinking they have to take not care of me. Not in that capacity. Yeah. Which is wild, but it makes you wonder how many conversations are happening between yeah. parent and a child. And when, <laughs> I, and when you think about it, right, I mean, like some of the services that you're, that you're receiving is bathing. Like, it's are very you, vulnerable. That's a very vulnerable position to be in, mm-hmm. right? Do you, on both sides, right? Do you want your child bathing you? And the other mm-hmm. way around, Dick, do you really want to bathe your parents? Right. Right. Um, you know, I can help. answer that one very quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Right. 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 You know, right. It, it's not just you know I want to make sure mom and dad takes her takes his or her medicine. Yeah, that's easy to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, feed them. Yeah, that could be easy. Right. right? But th- something like that is really. Right. You know, and you need to have those conversations because you might be okay bringing grandma in if she's mostly mobile and they're there more to make sure they're not leaving the stove on. But when you get to the point where you're starting to talk about those much more intimate care needs, are you prepared to do that? Right. Right. So I would say here's what I'm going to say. This Thanksgiving, a goal that you have is not to talk about it over Thanksgiving, okay? But but here's what I would like for hey, you guys mom. to do. Hey, Mom, I don't want to bathe you when you get older. Do something. How much money you got? No, no. here's the recommendation, okay? The recommendation is this. At some point over the holiday season, this, this week, Thanksgiving week, take the time to at least say, hey, I want to do something in the next several weeks. I want to take you to dinner. I want to bring you over the house. I want to cook you dinner. But I want to have a conversation on an important topic. Not today, not now, but I want you to put it on your radar because I'm going to t- call you this weekend or on Monday, and we're going to plan for that conversation to happen. Mm-hmm. And be intentional, and you'll be shocked how uh, open I think people are when they're given the opportunity to speak. So, yeah. Andrew, let me ask you this. How, how long do you need to have a long-term care plan in effect before you – Let's say if you something happens to you catastrophically where the state comes in and wants to take all of your mm. revenue away. Yeah, so I think in, in two angles, and this is going to be actually a good conversation that we have. won't be next week, so we're going to be out, but the week following, which is the financial side of this whole conversation with the aging American. But one thing that I would say to your point is if you're looking to get insurance and a policy to help cover for health care, obviously you got to be mindful of your physical stature and today, you know, your your diagnosis is if there are any and stuff like that. And you don't know when that's going to change, right? Right, so exactly. Take advantages when you can, right, yep. is the concept. And then and then from a financial standpoint with, with the state structure, you're looking at a minimum of five years ahead of the, the event itself. So, so this is not something that if you, you, you're 75 sitting around going, I'm still mobile, I can wait to get long-term care. No, you probably want to have it already. You want right. to have it already. You want to have it already. And and, and always, like we've said, long-term care planning is more than just insurance. It's just having a plan around it. Right. But, right. In the discussion. but, in, but insurance is you know, just like any other insurance, where if you are showing signs that you 
are one step away from needing care, you're probably not going to get approved. That's right? right. So you've got to plan way ahead uh, 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 physically and also financially. All the more reason to start having those conversations. That's like right. you said, Andrew, over the holidays, say, look, you know what? You're, you're fine. You're getting around. You're, you're, Mom, Dad, you're great. You're still hopping around doing things. You love retirement. But what happens if all of a sudden something hits one of you or the other? Maybe it's even a car accident where you need 24-7 you need care. To be Do you have a plan? And siblings, too, right? If you're not going to be around Mom and Dad this, this Thanksgiving, but you're going to be around each other, yeah. you know, have a conversation with yourselves and say, hey, we need to talk to Mom and Dad about this. Right. Because you, know? you may need to enlist your siblings' help because it's not an easy topic sometimes depending on your family dynamic. It's not. So before we exit the show, oh. I know the <laughs> clock is ticking. Yes. I do have one very important question to ask. You ready? Uh-huh. According to the Guinness Book of World Record, how much does the heaviest turkey on record weigh? I, oops. I have no idea. I'm going to say 20 pounds. 86 pounds. No, that's a that's a lot of eating. That's a lot of eating. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So you guys are not going to be here next week. You're taking the week off for Thanksgiving. That's so right. happy Thanksgiving to both you guys. Yes, and yes. To, everybody. to all your families, to everybody listening here on The Golden Life. It has been such a pleasure to once again have you guys in studios to talk a little bit about financial planning and your golden years. Thanks, Alan. Till next week, folks. Well, till the following week. Investment advisory services offered through Asset Management Group, a registered investment advisor. Andrew Knight and Moise Peran provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Asset Management Group. By contacting Asset Management Group, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.